When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the Sunday night TexasElectricityRatings.com live stream. Uh, I'm Bobby Burton, joined by CJ Vogel and Rob Babers. And yes, I've got this big hat on because uh, being a Texas fan right now, people are getting big head. Every time they have a junior <laughs> day, there's a guy that goes in the portal. Uh, Texas fans end up, you know, with a commitment. So I, I'll go from that to the real one now. Sorry about that, guys. I had to play a little joke there. Uh, Rod Babers, CJ Vogel here alongside me. Like I said, brought to you by TexasElectricityRatings.com. We appreciate those guys for taking over the sponsorship uh, here. Guys, I've I, I got to tell you all, uh, big, big uh, stuff happening on the 40 acres over the weekend. Uh, CJ, you were in uh, on, on site on junior day. Uh, they ended up getting a commitment from a sophomore running back on junior day. But then er, earlier today, Texas dominoed on one of the top defensive players in the state. Uh, for the class of 2025. Give folks a little rundown about those two players. It's certainly a a success for the Texas staff uh, with this big junior day. We talked about over 100 prospects coming onto campus. It was a cold day, and still it it, it didn't deter, you know, the big names from showing up. Obviously, two commitments out of the weekend. Uh, More than what I expected, I as we've talked about, Texas has slow played their recruiting cycles. Going out and adding a 2026 piece is not necessarily something that was on my radar, but Texas got a great talent with Racing Guillory, the 2026 running back out of Alito. Uh, the tape is tremendous, clocked a 10-8 with only a 100-meter dash, with only his his first uh, track season coming as a true freshman in high school. So impressive stuff. The burst, the acceleration set, separate him. Over 1,200 yards of rushing as well this season en route to a state championship for Alito this offseason. And obviously, uh, Lance Jackson adding to the Texas class, the 2025. He is the fifth commitment in the class so far. Great length, great athleticism off the edge up at Pleasant Grove. Great program up there as well. Uh, familiarity with the Division I uh, recruiting landscape as well with his older brother Landon, now at Arkansas. Uh, but Lance, a really exciting prospect off the edge. We talk about the importance of that position. Texas is getting a good one in the state of Texas with Lance Jackson. Yeah, absolutely. Two commitments uh, on the weekend. Tioa Alia, a lineman, uh, Tioa Alia Savea, a defensive lineman out of uh, Arizona, made a visit to Texas yesterday and today. Uh, he tweeted a couple things, uh, but we get, got a hold of him via direct message. He said that that was not a commitment, uh, but he was excited about uh, the Longhorns and, and his visit. Uh, the visit uh, from everything I'm hearing from behind the scenes went extraordinarily well. For those of you who missed it, this is a six foot four, three hundred and five pound defensive tackle uh, who was went into the portal on Friday afternoon. Uh, by Friday night, he had already set up a visit to the University of Texas. Uh, big defensive lineman out of Arizona, of course. Texas hitting home run after home run in the portal right now. Uh, and obviously, they need at least one, if not two, defensive tackles. Uh, Savea has got a scholarship offer from the University of Texas, and he would be a mid-year enrollee uh, for the Longhorns at this point. Here's a picture of him uh, from Twitter earlier today. Our guy, Matt, uh, Matt uh, Hutchison, uh, our producer, pulling that up for us there. Uh, big guy, as you can see, in with his mom and dad as well. Uh, so that's uh, pretty cool stuff there. Uh, that's Johnny Nansen and Pete Quit- or Pete Kwiatkowski there uh, with him. Johnny Nansen is was the one that is recruiting him. Nansen, of course, uh, the new linebackers coach that was the defensive coordinator at Arizona uh, just one month ago, leading them to a ten win uh, defense. Uh, by the way, that was a pretty good, pretty good team. Uh, Rod, I got to ask you about this. How important do you think defensive tackle is for Texas to address in the portal this year? Uh, yeah, it's going to be huge, right? I mean, of all the the positions on the team uh, in terms of the roster turnover, that is obviously the most concerning because of what you've lost, not only this season with Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. Uh, right now, those guys trending toward being 
both of those guys being drafted early from like first round, second round guys at the latest. Uh, so, you know, that that's a tremendous loss for you at the best tackle duo in the country. And even before that, I mean, they had a heavy rotation of these guys and your rotation was one of the best in the country. You were one of the deepest defensive tackle groups in the country. So I just think that having that luxury, um, I think it gave you a lot of different options to solve problems defensively. And you're not going to have that. So I, I'm really interested to see what the – I always say coaches are problem solvers, right? Go solve the problem. Um, um, I do think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how PK constructs the defense now without that luxury of the best D-tackle and the deepest D-tackle room in the country. And I'm not saying that Alfred Collins and Vernon Brighton are going to be great, but in terms of the, having proven commodities, they only lost Bo Davis too. They don't even have a D-line coach right now. Um, so that's another thing that's also concerning. Um, so, yeah, I think it's 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 an, it's really important. And I wonder, you know, until you fill the void at D-line coach, I wonder if you'll be able to be able to bring in some uh, depth at D-line via the transfer portal or if you have to wait until the, ne- the next, you know, transfer portal window potentially until you have that position already solidified. I wonder if that's something that's also, um, you know, it making uh, making players hesitant uh, to yeah, jump on board. It, it, it would it would. Yeah, it, it could be. And we could have that uh, answer soon, by the way. I mean, we would think now the Houston Texans yesterday losing uh, to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Rod Wright, the assistant defensive line coach for the Texans, could very well be the next defensive line coach for the University of Texas. Uh, and so, Rod, to your point, uh, we're going to wait on Sark to make that announcement and see which way he goes and when he goes with it uh, as well, right? Because uh, look, the one thing we've yeah. we've learned, if you haven't learned it by now in three years of Steve Sarkeesian, uh, there is one one guy that that uh, leads the leads the leads the way and tells you what time it is and when to jump on board, and that's Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, he he's patient, he's also aggressive. Uh, it's a weird mix mm-hmm. that you know it, you're, you're playing it at his level. Uh, he you have to to, to uh, adjust to him and when he wants things to happen. Uh, Rod Wright uh, there, Rod, is going to be one of those guys that we think right now sounds like the next uh, D-line coach, but we can't sit here and say with any kind of certainty uh, that it will be him uh, at this point. Hey, basketball team also won a thriller on Saturday. How about that? Uh, You know, Tyrese, after losing two games in a row at home to teams they probably shouldn't have lost to, they beat the number nine Baylor Bears uh, on a last-second you know, run the court by Tyrese mm-hmm. Hunter, uh, which, by the way, CJ, a lot of guys on junior day were there with Steve Sarkeesian and group. I think they set aside 250 tickets for uh, recruits and their parents to wow. see that game. Is that correct? That is. Uh, they they paraded the, the recruits over to, uh, to, the, to the Moody Center from Moncrief right before the game. Had great tickets. It looked like they were noticed uh, – uh, on the broadcast as well a few times. So uh, really cool to see Texas took care of their guys uh, on the visit. They got to sit in for the first half of the game and and then left at halftime to come back to uh, Moncrief and continue their junior day uh, activities and, and everything on campus there. But really cool to see the atmosphere. It was a big game, obviously, and credit to uh, the basketball squad as well for pulling out that win. That's a big one in terms of boosting the resume. And, hey, it's kind of a, th- a theme with this Texas basketball team. I think that's the third buzzer beating or buzzer beater game winner so far this year. That's crazy so far, but a lot of excitement. That's a big win. Hopefully they can keep that momentum going. Yeah. Hopefully they build on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey Rod, I want to ask you this uh, because uh, you've been around the block a little bit uh, and seen this. Uh, Rodney Terry apologizes to UCF, Johnny Dawkins, et cetera, in his post game yeah. saying, Hey, I shouldn't have done this. I got into a little spirited discussion with some some folks last night about this. Um, your take on Rodney Terry's post UCF, not post um, Baylor uh, discussion, but whether or not talking to the opponent's team, et cetera, is something you want to see a, a Texas coach do. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's something that I guess coaches, his peers, uh, they frown upon uh, that. You, it's almost like, uh, you know, don't discipline my kids. You know, come talk to me about what's going on with my kids. Don't you discipline my kids. It's almost that kind of thing, right? Don't go coach my team. You come to me as another coach. You tell me what the problem is. Then I'll handle it as a coach. So I understand that. That's the code. And uh, I think Rodney Terry, I guess he believes he violated the G code. Because if not, he wouldn't have apologized. So he, I think he believes that also, yeah, I probably was out of line for doing that. 
Uh, Longhorn fans also, I, you know, they didn't side with him either when he uh, got on them for doing the horns down. The Longhorn fans, they got a code about the horns down too. Hey, the, the Longhorn fans are not necessarily, they're not soft about the horns down. They understand what it means now. It's the new middle finger of college of college sports pretty much, right? Teams just do it all the time, and they do it more and more. Now that Texas is going out of the Big 12 and heading to the SEC, teams don't do the horns down when you win. It's rare. I don't, I've never really seen a, a team do it after you win a game. I've never seen them do it. They do it all the time after teams, after Longhorns lose. That's just part of it. That's just part of Longhorns losing. Teams going to do the horns down. I think that, and their players going to do it. You know, I think, think that's part of it. And hey, if you don't want them to do it, go win the damn game. You know how that goes. So Longhorn fans didn't appreciate it either. Like, now don't be, because now you're perpetuating the, 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 the reputation. Longhorn fans are soft. And there are cupcakes, and you know what I mean, and snowflakes when it comes to the horns out. Longer fans really don't care about that. They understand it's free media. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. And it's part of just being a longhorn. They hate us because they ain't us, but we're not soft about it. We're not mentally soft about it. We understand it. Hey, if you lose and you're not getting it done when the longhorn football team was bad, that's when the long that's when the horns down came back. It was really longhorn football. It came back. Because long because the Longhorns were not instilling fear in their opponent, and they did not demand respect from their opponents, or everybody was like throwing the horn down on Texas, and it became a thing again. It I didn't see it a lot. Trust me, when I played, I didn't see it a lot. All right, I don't even know if I if, if maybe it's Oklahoma. Yeah, except we seen against it. OU, except against OU, Rod. Against you OU. saw it against OU. Against all OU. Yeah, that's right. Against OU and AM. Against OU and AM, we see it. Against everybody else, hey man, that, that, we didn't see it. Because we was winning. We was winning too much to see the horns down. You see a lot when you start losing. So that's what it is. Hey, well, I thought I thought Rodney Terry, as usual, handled it with class eventually, right? I mean, he yeah. was upset in the moment on Wednesday. But look, Rodney, if you if you haven't had a chance to talk to Rodney Terry per, in person or one-on-one, you, you just don't understand how classy he is. Um, and so I, yes. I feel like he, he was trying to come from a good place and trying to teach young people how things should be. But I think maybe he even thinks now in retrospect, he may have stepped over the line and not be, should have been, not been talking to an opponent's players. You know what I mean? Like that. And kind of talking to him about something like that. Uh, and so I think he, he did the best thing he could do though. I mean, I'm gonna say this, even, even other than the apology, Rod, you're right. The thing that changes the discussion is winning. That changes this discussion, and it changed the discussion about Rodney Terry on Saturday when they beat Baylor. Uh, you know, so uh, good for him. All right, uh, this uh, segment uh, brought or this uh, show brought to you guys by Texas Electricity Ratings. Uh, they're a new sponsor here for us. For those of y'all living in Texas and in the major cities with deregulated electricity, like Dallas and Houston, you understand that the deregulated electricity market can be confusing. TexasElectricityRatings.com is a shopping website that lets you compare prices, read customer reviews, and find a good electricity uh, program that fits your needs. It also filters out a lot of the gimmicky plans on websites like Power to Choose that trick customers into expensive bills. So if you're in the market for a new electricity plan, shop TexasElectricityRatings.com slash OTF. That's forward slash OTF for all your electricity needs. Hook them. Uh, that's what they say from uh, TexasElectricityRatings.com. Uh, we appreciate them uh, very much. All right, uh, CJ, uh, you know, we, we've been looking at it and talking a little bit here uh, about 
Junior Day. What were some of your major takeaways that people can uh, go back to? By the way, folks, we're going to get to y'all's questions in just a minute, and we may have a special guest here in a little bit. But CJ, talk to people about what you thought the overriding uh, big news was coming out of Junior Day, in your opinion. Well, it was certainly important for Texas to get Dorian Brew on campus. I think that's one of the big, uh, biggest vig- visitors of the weekend. Uh, a, a guy that's been long pinned to eventually end up with the, with the Ohio State Buckeyes. He did get to campus eventually. Spent a lot of time very late with Blake Gideon and the Texas staff as well. Uh, he actually posted a photo uh, at the conclusion of his trip with the sundown and. The festivities there were supposed to go from 9 to 2. It kind of ranged into that 3, 3.30 range. That's when we saw most of the prospects leaving. But Bruce sticking around as late as he did is certainly encouraging. Uh, Texas actually double-dipped right there. Uh, Sarkeesian visited uh, his high school late on Friday as well. So a late rush for the Longhorns there. And then Kamoran uh, Morgan, uh, a defensive end prospect. We talked about Lance Jackson joining the class already. Kamoran Morgan is another guy that Texas is heavily recruiting as well. He's one that said – Following his trip, the Longhorns are in his top five. He's firmly uh, aware and and really likes what he sees from the Texas program. Mentioned the move to the SEC. Now what we're going to see from Texas this upcoming season, as well as Texas being on a national scale in terms of winning uh, big-time games. That's something that caught his attention as well. Uh, But a lot to like. Texas also offered five prospects as well. One of them that I'm really keeping a close eye on is Michael Terry, the athlete out of Alamo Heights. He has ties already to the Texas football program as well. Uh, was waiting on this, uh, com- uh, this this offer to come from the Texas staff as well. Uh, one that had a, a lot of hope and expectation uh, this past season uh, to perform, and he did. And now he's in a, a, an unofficial top three that he mentioned following his, his visit with Texas TCU and Texas Tech. Uh, Texas TCU, the other four offers, uh, all in-state guys, right? Uh, more than 20 guys showed up that had offers already. Uh, I think this was probably uh, the best Texas Junior Day we've seen, maybe since 03, 04, 05, that range. What do you think, CJ? I mean, I know you don't go back that far, but I kind of do. And I that's, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know that they've had yeah, probably 35 prospects throughout the different years that they've offered scholarships to on campus at one single time before. This was the biggest junior day that I've covered. You don't see this many prospects getting to one campus for, you know, a single afternoon very often. And Texas was able to pull it off very well. Uh, it was in terms of a talent perspective, it's hard to look at previous events for under previous regimes and not see it stack up at the very top in terms of uh, talent as well. There's a lot of -of out-of-state kids that we haven't mentioned as well. The modern-day trio that made it in. Uh, Jordan Davison is one that Texas fans should be uh, keeping a close eye on as well, the 2025 running back. John Mills from San Francisco made it in as well. And then uh, the the 2026 quarterback out of Tampa, Will Griffin, is one that Texas is really starting to take a close look at as well. He's the number four quarterback in the country for the 2026 class. Really talented kid and a big kid, about 6'3", 215, 220 pounds. So really impressive. Another one of the surprises, Gavin Nix out of IMG Academy, a linebacker. Nobody had him down as coming in. He ended up coming in this weekend as well. Just all in all, a really terrific terrific group of guys showing up in Austin overall. All right, uh, we're going to go to the the uh, chat line here a little bit, talk a little question, take some questions from you guys, uh, get your, give uh, feedback from Rod, CJ, and myself, uh, and see what we have to do here. Uh, let's start with this one, guys. What's the latest on Jabbar Muhammad from David Edwards? Uh, Jabbar, the defensive back out of Washington by way of Oklahoma State and DeSoto. Uh, he visited Texas uh, on Wednesday and Thursday of this past week, uh, made a beeline for Alabama afterwards, uh, expected to, to be back in the Metroplex and then head up to Washington and Oregon uh, this week. Uh, the, the thinking here is that Texas is still in a really good spot that's what I've heard is the latest, but you never know. I mean, right now, Alabama and the the, uh, the understanding and knowledge of that program based on his previous time at Washington and those coaches uh, does matter. Uh, I also think that uh, Texas hoping that he wants to stay closer to home uh, for because this is his first year really away from school. Uh, he went up to Washington. That's a long trip on your parents. Parents want to go see every game four-hour trip every week, uh, plus a, a little bit of a drive after. Uh, so uh, that's one of those things 
that going to Austin might make it a little bit different. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about him. Uh, David Rawls has this question, CJ, when is the last day to enroll for spring? Because guys like Muhammad, who are spring enrollees, or, or even uh, Tioa uh, Alea Savea, some are spring enrollees, they have to enroll by a certain date. Yeah, the first day of the of the, the semester was Tuesday the 16th. Class, the ad drop period ends two weeks following the first day of class. So the 30th is the last day to finalize your schedule for the spring semester. Uh, Mid-year enrollees, obviously on, cam uh, on, on campus right now, uh, you can expect portalers to make their decision before then, uh, before that 30th window. Uh, with Jabbar Muhammad specifically, I expect his decision to come a little bit later as a result of making that trip out to Alabama. You have that uh, Oregon trip as well that is uh, uh, scheduled at the moment too. So expect the decision to come following the Oregon trip, and then we'll start to see exactly where the dominoes fall with him. Uh, but he has until the 30th, in my understanding, uh, before a decision has to be made to get on campus for the spring semester at Texas. Got it. Uh, got one here for you, Rod, that I want to get your, your sense on because you've been in this, actually. Uh, predicament where a lot of fans are concerned about portal additions, taking snaps away from younger guys. I feel the players understand the role of portal commits. What are y'all's thoughts? And when I said you're in this position, you've been a player where younger guys or new guys are coming in trying to take your job, right? How, how do you think players really see that uh, from an inside look? You know, it's obviously I, I did I wasn't a part of the transfer portal era. So I, it's going to be a little different. I do remember thinking in the NFL, since it seems to be closer like the the, the pros these days with the uh, the amount of you know migration you have, players going from team to team, even though I guess in the NFL that's the complaint from guys like Nick Saban is that, hey, man, at least in the NFL we have – there are restrictions and regulations <laughs> on uh, free agency and seems to be in college there isn't. But I do remember thinking in the NFL, hey, man, watching the NFL draft, I love. I want my team to get better. I just don't don't want them to draft my position. <laughs> so, um, I guess maybe they have that kind of. Maybe some of the guys have that mindset. That hey man, not basically they're drafting my position. Hey man, I'm I'm here. It's like the it's like when they bring in you know three, four, five receivers. If you're a receiver, though, you're probably going, oh man. Uh, I guess they don't think that they got enough receivers, <laughs> enough proven receivers. So I guess they're, so I'm saying it's it's a different era. So I'm trying to put myself in their shoes, I guess there will be that mindset about, hey, but the hope is that you just uplift, and this is the intention, you just want to uplift the competition level, period, by any means necessary. And you just want the competition level in that room to be as high as it possibly can, so that whatever the outcome ends up being, whoever ends up winning that job, of that, that battle, that competition during the offseason, spring, and they, also, they got plenty of time to prove themselves, right? They got plenty of time to be banging on Quinn Ewer's door. Hey, man, I'm trying to get some, some, some passes in. Let's go. I'm trying, you know what I mean? They got plenty of time to work on their weaknesses and strengths. They got plenty of time for all that to go talk to the coaches about, hey, what, you know, what's my, what's my issue? Like, what do I need to work on? All those things. Um, and whatever the outcome is, you can, as a coach, you can be fine with it because you know that, hey, man, the competition level was so high in that room that, Whoever ends up winning that job, who's the best of the best, that's the best possible option that we have. That, that's the best available option that we had. And that's what ended up happening to us. Now, it was by kind of traditional recruiting when they stacked the DB room with us and they started stacking, you know, the wide receiver room with five star receivers, started stacking the quarterback room. And at one point with Chris Sims and VY and Hell Chance Mock, you had, you had multiple five star quarterbacks in that room too. Matt Brown sort of stacking those classes, and we didn't have the availability of transfer portal. Maybe some of those guys were transferred. Who knows? Uh, but I know the intention is – that's why I think it's tough for these days to have that culture. When you stack those classes like Matt Brown did, eh, guys don't really have anywhere to go. You got to fight it out. It's like a steel cage match in that DB room, man. <laughs> Between me and William Jammer and Cedric Griffin, young Michael Huff in the mix. It was like crazy in there, man. Ahmad Brooks. So – that was a little different. Now these guys have options, but Sark has done a really good job with the coach. The guys want to be here so bad. They don't want to be in the transfer portal. That's almost, that's that, you know, for them that uh, even Malik uh, Murphy talked about it. Like, I didn't want to have to go to the transfer portal. It, it was only because I had to, 
I wanted to be around this team. I love being around this team. So give Sark credit for that. But that's what you want to do, man. You want to stack the room so the competition level is extremely high. And then those guys can pretty much battle it out. And once, you know, they win those jobs, you are you're confident that that's the best available option you had available. All right, Rod, you just mentioned the steel cage match. Uh, we, we've got someone on, one on the line here that we want to introduce to everyone that's going to enter that steel cage uh, here for a second. Uh, Lance Jackson, the newest commitment for the University of Texas, joins us here on, on Texas football. How you doing, Lance? And congratulations, bud. Yes, sir, thank you. I'm doing pretty good. So tell us what 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 did it all come down to? Why the University of Texas, Lance? Uh, I mean, since my recruitment started, I just knew I loved Austin. My first trip was down my freshman year, but I didn't have an offer yet. And then they offered me last spring, I think, by Coach Gideon. And then ever since that, Coach PK, me and him just been building our relationship. And I knew him from my brother's recruitment. So, I mean, Landon thought he was a good dude. Landon wanted to take his official there, but COVID kind of messed all that up. But, yeah, it's just really my relationship with Coach PK. I mean, I love how he coaches, and I want to be coached by him. Yeah, you mentioned earlier when we were chatting over DMs that you spent a lot of time with Coach PK on the trip. What was y'all's conversation like? And you mentioned the, the, the building of relationship as well. How close are y'all now? And, you know, how exciting is it now to be in the class and eventually coached by him as well? Um, it's very exciting. I mean, we really just – we don't really talk that much football anymore. Usually when he comes up to my school, that's really when we talk football. But, I mean, we really just talk life, and it's basically just like a friendship right now. Yeah, absolutely. You you played you played tight end. You played defensive end. They recruited you as a buck. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Gotcha. Uh, so tell tell everybody how big you are and and what you like about football, that sort of stuff. Um, well, at the end of the season, I was six six two forty five, but I've been putting on some weight. Uh, now I'm six six two sixty. Um, and what was the other question? Uh, well, what I guess. What what do you like to do? What do you like about football? Like like some people like football, some people love football, some just want to use it as a means to get an education. I mean, what what is it about football that makes you like that sport? I mean, I love football. It's just fun to me. I mean, every time I'm on the field, everything just everything around me just goes blank. All I think about is football. I mean, uh, I really just love everything about football. You get to hit people without <laughs> getting in trouble. So. <laughs> You also mentioned that you were about to take the mound this spring uh, for baseball season. I mean, are you are you bringing uh, you know ninety plus? You got a, a mean hook. What do you what, what do you bring to the to the to the pitching mound there, sir? I haven't got clocked this year yet, but the end of my freshman year, freshman year of summer, I hit ninety three in Florida, and yeah. So my my eighth grade year, I was getting recruited by Arkansas to play baseball, but I didn't get to play last season of high school because I tore my labrum during football. So that kind of ruined my last year's season, but now I'm back on it. Wow. Yeah, 93-plus. That's pretty exciting. Not many people touching that in wow. the high school ranks. But I wanted to go to your film real quick. You have great acceleration and burst off the line at the edge spot. I mean, what? when did you start to know that you were going to start to, to develop and grow into a, an eventual Division One football player? Was there a moment in your football playing career where you were like, I'm going to be pretty good at this sport? Uh, well, I grew up, my first love was baseball. And then my fifth grade, sixth grade year, my brother, he started getting recruited. I mean, we, when we were younger, we didn't even really know what that meant. I mean, we did a little bit just because my dad, he played basketball at A&M. But, um, so, yeah, we, we never really got talked to about it by him. And then my brother's first offer was A&M, and I feel like that's kind of what just made it click and made me want to start playing football, just, I guess, to be like him since he got his offer his freshman year. Hey Lance, I got a question. Do you have um as a pass rusher, do you have a repertoire of moves? Are you got a signature pass rushing move that you go to? Uh I don't really have a signature pass rush move. I mean, right now I'm usually just quicker and faster than all mm. of O linemen. So it's really just speed. And then I also have the strength with me to kind of help me if the speed doesn't work. But I mean, yeah, I can do much, but I mean, right now I try not to do too much because I mean you don't really need to. Hmm. Uh, Lance Jackson. Uh, now I, I I listed you, and now I feel bad. I listed you at six five two forty five in the article that we wrote today, and you're telling me 
you're six six and a little and you've gained weight. So yes, I'll tell you what, sorry about doing you a dis, disservice there. Um, so what all went into your final decision? Uh, did you who did you lean on? Your mom, your dad, your brother? How did that how did that come about for you? Really all three of them and my head coach, Coach Josh Gibson. I mean, it's just been phone calls with them. Coach Gibson talked to me during the week. He knew I was kind of leaning toward it, but he didn't know for sure how I was doing it this weekend. And then, so I went down with my mom, and Saturday when we were watching the basketball game, Coach PK left me for a little bit to go back to the football. And then uh, I called my dad just to make sure everything was all right, everything was good, he was fine with it, he would, he was all up for it. And I talked to Coach Gibson on the phone, and he was proud of me, and he went all for it and everything because, I mean, he knows how good of a coach Coach PK is and Coach Giddy, and he's met both of them, and they all loved it. And then Landon, that's just been – calls for the past four days just talking about it and everything very yeah. cool lance i've got one more for you uh you're in the class now there's going to be a lot of questions about where texas goes to continue filling out this class your commitment number five is there anybody that you kind of have your eye on in terms of you hope to add to the class i saw you and tradarian ball going back and forth a little bit on twitter as well a little east texas northeast texas uh uh, talents right there, uh, but who do you have your eye on right now to add to this Texas class? Um, not really specifically anybody right now, but I mean, I know I'm going to try recruiting some defensive players to get that 2025 defense crazy. And then also, and he's he's in my hometown, so I mean, I, I would like him to go with me. He's in the 26 class. Got it. Lance Jackson. Lance, appreciate you, buddy. Uh, congratulations. Yes, uh, thanks for stopping by. Uh, sharing your time with the Longhorn fans here on Texas football. Uh, take care of yourself. Stay warm. I see that big camo coat you got there. Keep yourself warm, buddy. Uh, you stay you stay warm this winter and have a good spring practice, et cetera, up at Pleasant Grove uh, High School in Texarkana. Have a good one. And hook them, Lance. Sir, thank you. Hook them. Hook them. Right, Lance. Thanks, man. Good stuff. Thanks for him to stopping by uh, on, on Texas football. Uh, CJ, you met with him and talked to him a little bit, I think, on, on – uh, Saturday at the junior day, uh, it sounded like a bunch of those guys had camo jackets on because it was so cold outside up there. I mean, it was a it was a cold one. That was one of the colders, coldest times I've uh, I've experienced here down in Austin. You don't see you know twenty degree wind chill, fifteen degree wind chill, whatever it was, all too often. And credit to those kids and those parents for sticking it out because it was. It was cold. Um, one, one note here, we mentioned the five offers that went out. One of them was going to Gus Cordova, a 2025 edge prospect out of Lake Travis. Showed up in a T-shirt. He did not seem to be uh, affected by this cold that I've been complaining about since uh, Saturday as well. So that was a, a little noteworthy, a little fun as well. So that certainly interesting. I was not in a T-shirt on Saturday. I, I had multiple, probably five layers on. Yeah, exactly. Come on, <laughs> Rod B. What were you? Rod B. Had his slippers on, man. Robe. I can see that now. Come no, on. man. Trust me. No, I, no. I don't like the cold. I live. I, and, and for some reason, God wanted me to play in the cold. All the teams that, that was they were interested in Rod B. in the NFL were cold weather teams. Had one warm weather team that was Tampa. That was it. Everybody, everybody else wanted me to play in the cold. It was terrible. Did you see that? Did you see that uh, that video this weekend of the of the punter or the placeholder uh, for the for a kicker that kind of t- pulled his hamstring after a blocked kick <laughs> in the cold weather? I just thought immediately that's what I thought. I go, that's about right. I mean, somebody's gonna pull their hammy in that kind of weather all the time. A guy like Rod B doesn't even oh, pull his hammy, and when speeds his, his oh, game. Uh, all right, hey, this is from Jeff Gary. <laughs> Guys, appreciate your hard work and expertise, Michigan. Who might we target if Coach Harbaugh goes to the NFL? Oh, nice. Um, look, they've got a they've got a list of them, including Rod Smith. I think is the young man's name that uh, almost uh, took a visit to, to Texas late last year out of Chicago. But uh, I think it's too early to kind of go portal hunting right now on guys that actually haven't uh, moved into it or their coach hasn't moved on. If if their coach moves on, I think it's fair for us to kind of start going over that because it's clear that coaching movement right now is actually playing a role in this. That that may be the biggest thing that I think we learned this portal cycle, Rod and CJ, and I wanted to get y'all's feedback on it. The, it feels like we know now that a head coach leaving 
will have an immediate impact on the portal, maybe outsized impact than what was previously thought just a month ago. And not I mean, only that, to take that even further, to add to it, it's it's these blue bloods now. You've never seen this much turnover at blue blood institutions. Usually blue blood, that was a destination job, you know, parade upon box. Are right? you just trying to stay there until you died, till they kick you out? But either we've seen uh, blue bloods like Texas be impatient, Charlie Strong, Tom Herman, turnover. I'm not that obviously before the transfer portal rules, but I'm saying we've seen them become, you know, less patient um, with that. And now, hell, like Lincoln Riley, um, you're seeing like actually coaches start to leave these blue blood programs and decide to go to greener pastures. Like that is, it's, that, that's Kelly something we've well. never seen before. Yeah. Brian Kelly as well, to your point, Rod. It's, yeah, it, it, it's weird. It's a little, you know, uh, not something you see very often, but, you know, Texas luckily has their guy and he's locked in for a while. So I, I, I'm hopeful we're not in that, uh, flight searching mode, you know, yeah. that we have been that cycle of checking the flight trackers over and over. So it, it, I think Texas is in good hands for now. Yeah. The extension with Steve Sarkeesian uh, really uh, set that, set that kind of to rest. Uh, and then uh, I just, I, I think about it and I look at Alabama and it's just hard for me. I mean, it's like y'all said, that's a destination job and it's a destination recruiting for recruits too. Right. Um, and to see Nick Saban retire, then all of a sudden 10, 15 guys hit the portal, including some of their best players on their team. That, that's an eye-opener for a lot of uh, college football fans across the country. All right, hey, look, uh, if you, you guys uh, may or may not know, know this yet, uh, but over the weekend we launched, we did a little soft launch is what I like to call it, our website uh, called ontexasfootball.com. Uh, guys, feel free to join us in the conversation over there. Uh, CJ, myself, Blake Monroe, uh, writing articles on a daily basis, uh, answering questions. Rod B, you're part of it. Some other guys uh, yes, as well, uh, taking a, a good role. Uh, we're excited about this. Uh, if you get a chance, just come on over. It's free. Uh, we, we're uh, trying to build a, build a uh, website that uh, a lot of people can enjoy and uh, bring with us and uh, just talk uh, Longhorns, make it a positive conversation. Uh, while also being, you know, you know, it's no fun if you don't have an opinion at the same time. Right. Uh, so you got to have a, an opinion, but also be be appropriate with it. And we'll have some fun on on Texas when we're not here uh, talking to you guys via uh, the chat room, et cetera, on uh, the, the uh, video streams. All right. Let's keep going here. We got some other ones. Uh, James, Jameson Washington uh, asked, do you guys think we have to get a defensive line coach first because defensive linemen need direction do you think that rod wright or whoever needs to come in as an interior defensive line coach before they get say uh tia aloha uh ilea uh Savea out of arizona does that you think that has to come first cj um, rod either one i i think they're in a spot right now where it would certainly be nice to have him on board, but it's no rush. You know, you will be in the off season winter conditioning camp right now. You'll be dealing every day with the strength and conditioning uh, group as well. So you're not necessarily seeing your position coach every single day as a result. So it's not an absolute need right now. It'd be nice, obviously for recruiting, it would have been nice to probably have had a coach for this past weekend when these recruits were on campus. However, the Texas staff has picked up the load and, and certainly pieced things together pretty well to come out with two commitments in the class and still have a pretty nice group of defensive tackle prospects on campus as well. So uh, it, it's, it would be nice, not necessarily a game breaker at this moment. As we get closer to the spring, I don't think obviously it's going to ever leak into you know that far into the calendar but uh that is when you'll really start seeing these guys get with uh their position coaches day in and day out more so than what we'll see on monday tomorrow when texas starts up their off-season winter workouts all right uh, yeah i just think um sorry go ahead go right well no i just think i just said earlier i just think it's gonna be tough to bring in defensive linemen until you get the D-line coach solidified, solidified, whoever that is. I just think that might be tough. And I could be wrong about that. And not because of, um, you know, the obviously anything that Texas is lacking, just because I think whoever they're trying to bring in is going to want to know who they're going to be working with every day. 
I mean, that's a that's an intimate thing, your position coach. It really is. It matters. It should anyway. Well, Savea may be slightly different, Rod, because he has familiarity with Nansen, not only at Arizona, but also at UCLA. Uh, Nansen That's was true. at UCLA prior, and, and I think he recruited him as well. So it could be slightly different there. But to your point, what about the what about the high school guys that just came in? Right. Uh, Zion Williams out of Lufkin, one of the best defensive linemen in the state of Texas, if not the best, actually visited LSU this past weekend on Saturday instead of Texas because of Bo Davis. He knew Bo Davis was going to be down there, didn't know who the defensive line coach was going yeah. to be at Texas. That That's an issue that people need to be aware of. Uh, so uh, not not uh, not a non-factor for sure, right, as, as we look at this. All right, a couple other things. Ryan Nelson hit, says, hey, our, defenses, our defensive trenches will be tested in week two for sure. That means uh, we're looking at the Michigan game on September 7th. I definitely think the defensive trenches will be tested with that running a running a game. Uh, by the way, Michigan's uh, second running back is it Donovan Edwards? He decided to return to school. Is that right, CJ? I see you nodding your head. Yep, he is coming back. Not a lot of Michigan starters from their national championship team uh, are expected back. He is one of them, and he's a big one. Scored two touchdowns in the national championship game, both of which I think thirty-five or forty yards uh, a piece. So, really talented running back and. Michigan, as long as Harbaugh is there, is going to produce trench talent. That has been a staple as we're starting to see Sarkeesian transition into that 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 uh, approach as well. So it's going to be a great test. I think the offensive line right now is going to be uh, up for the test. The defensive line, as we've been talking about, we'll see. We'll see. Gotcha. Uh, we've had a couple of people ask this, and, and I'm going to pull up Don McWilliams. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, Don, uh, any concerns with KJ Lacey at Alabama? He has been there with Williams and talk is Williams is a lock at Bama and will bring KJ with him. So I just want to, I want to say this, uh, Lacey is going on all visits with, uh, Ryan Williams is my understanding. So just because he was at Alabama this week, doesn't mean he's not going to be at Texas next week with Ryan Williams. So take, take that for what it's worth. Uh, and that means also he's likely to see Auburn and LSU as well. So keep that keep that going. Uh, it wasn't a surprise to Texas coaches that KJ Lacey was at Alabama this weekend, right? Want to make sure people understand that. So I would I would calm down a little bit on that. It doesn't mean that Alabama's not going to have something to say for it. You know, I mean, look, they're they're a good football uh, program, a proud 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 uh, tradition in history. He's an in-state player. From down in the Mobile area, of course they're not going to give up for him right now, yeah. um, and so we'll we'll see what that means altogether. But uh, not uh, not something that I'm super concerned with uh, out of the gate for Texas. Uh, all right, hey Rod, I, I got a couple thoughts on on some things, and wanted to ask your your take on them. Um, we going back to the portal, and you you kind of compared it earlier to a draft pick. Like if you're a wide receiver, like Texas has. Couple of young wide receivers in Jonte Cook, DeAndre Moore, um, uh, Ryan Niblett. But you see three wide Texas take bring in three wide receivers. Okay. Yeah. And they're older. It's almost like a free agency as opposed to draft picks because you know they're going to bring draft picks in every year in the NFL and just like in the same in the college football. But it's almost like they're bringing in free agents. Is that yeah. a better uh, comparison, I guess? for you to, to think about and, and how players might, might feel about that. No, I totally agree. I mean, like I said, I, 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 I wasn't in that situation, but I understand why some guys may see that as a threat um, and may be insecure about it and may decide that they don't see a path to play because of that. So I, I get it. And I, if there is some growing, you know, maybe insecurity in a certain position room because of that, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't throw it out. I wouldn't discount that. I mean, that's probably the reality. Um, I think that's up to the culture of the team, though, to turn that into constructive competition between the guys. And if you've got the right dogs in that room, which you should, everybody in that room should believe that they got what it takes to be a starting player at Texas. Otherwise, why come here? Right? Why come to Texas? You want to play with other great players. This is what you came here to, to do. If you have confidence in yourself and you're willing to put in the work, it takes what it takes, then that's the culture that you want to cultivate there in that room. 
um, that's what the running back room has become, right? The running back room is, you know, I was talking to Cedric Baxter uh, of Third and Longhorn, and, you know, it's amazing the attitude that he came in with as a five-star running back with just the, um, you know, really the already as a young player, the unselfishness and the willingness to just learn. He was like, I just want to learn. I just want to learn. I just want to come in and just learn as much as I could early. And he said he wasn't planning on, you know, coming in and competing for like winning the starting job. He was coming in really to just learn and soak up as much as he could as a player. And of course you want to compete. Um, but I think that's kind of the, when, when you talk about the short choice and what Stan Drayton did before him, and what they're cultivating in that running back room, it, it, what Jay Brooks did, right? Even after not winning the starting job, you almost want to be able to replicate that in every room. Where you're bringing in dogs, they're all five stars, they're all highly rated guys, and they have all a willingness to learn, but also, also that that competitive sickness, all right, where – Hey man, even though they're they're all bonded by this camaraderie that exists between them, they're all competing against one another as well. And that's that's when you have a special position group where you can do that. And then you start the pipeline of NFL guys co- coming out every time a guy wins the job in that room. You got to have the football character and to have the the DNA, the football DNA that it takes to win the job in that room. You are, of course you're an NFL player. <laughs> That's because they've they've created this kind of, like I said, this steel cage match of competition and this really, really constructive culture. And I think that's what every room wants to recreate. And they, I don't think the, the wide receiver room just may not be there yet, but I think they want to get there. Um, and I think every room wants to. I remember the DB room in Texas was like that. You know, and it, it was like that for you know, generations after all that. Young guys that was just – it was. If you was a starting, if you was a starting Texas cornerback or a starting Texas safety, it's a really good chance NFL scouts were going to check you out because they knew it had become a factory at that point. And I think that's what you want at every position. And I think running back is probably like that right now for Texas. They're trying to get a lot of different ones like that. They're trying to get linebacker like that, right? They're trying to get, um, you know, the wide receiver room. They love to be like that quarterback. They'd like to be like that now, right? When Quinn leaves, then Arch Manning becomes the guy. That's that's what. And then when you get like that. You'll become Ohio State, you know, what Georgia, you know, is right now, what Alabama is, you know, Michigan. That's the the four or five schools that can that can do that because everybody can't do it. Right. want to stick with you here. Rilo Hookham has a, a Rilo Hookham uh, has a, a question for you. Rod, how does William Gay, uh, Willie Gay, the former uh, corner uh, for the Steelers, coming in with his NFL experience? He's just been named oh. as a uh, secondary assistant. Uh, for the University mm-hmm. of Texas. Uh, they have limited ability to help on the field, uh, but from the DB room, uh, both in technique, et cetera, what do you see a guy that has that many skins on the wall? How many years did he play in the league? Was it 13 or something? Nine? I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, he's played a long time. But he, he's coming back. Yeah, no, he played a long time. You're right. Like 13 years or something like that. I'll, I'll go look it up, but Mostly for the Steelers. This is what I love about him. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, like I was like 90% of his career or more of that was with the Steelers. Mike Tomlin, my former DB coach when I was with the Tampa Bay Bucks, loved me some Mike Tomlin. And, you know, my belief Dick LeBeau was there uh, a lot of the time that he was there. Dick LeBeau is known for being one of the greatest defensive minds in NFL history. Um, so just being around Dick LeBeau for a long time, Mike Tomlin is also a really great defensive mind. Um, I, you know, I, I think I'm sure he soaked up a lot of that and he brought him back twice. He was with him one time, I think left. Um, and I forgot, I think it was with Arizona or something like, something like that when he left for like a year or so, then they brought him back. Says a lot about what they think of him to bring him back. Once you leave the Steelers, right? The Steelers, if you leave in the bad terms, like, nah, man, we the Steelers, we done with you. All right. They, they trade the Super Bowl MVP. They the Steelers. They operate a certain way. Ask Antonio Brown, they the Steelers. And they, you know, they brought him back since they got a lot of respect for him. So I, I am, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe he can help them because he's going to be doing a lot of self-scouting, a lot of advanced scouting for them. And I wonder if he could help them figure out some of their past defense issues, some of their coverage issues. I talked about this last season a lot, but, you know, they had issues with 
uh, bunch to defending bunch formations. They had trouble uh, defending a lot of inside breaking routes with leverage. They had trouble with the deep ball, as we saw against Washington, right? There were just some things that the secondary could work on overall. They're going to be a lot better, especially if they get Jabbar Muhammad. Um, but I think adding a guy like him, just they could give the coaches some concepts and solutions to those issues that really plagued them last season in past defense could really be a tremendous help. And that's what I was hoping, you know, if they got Coach Akina in that role that he would be doing for them. When you do a lot of self-scouting, that's what I imagine they'll be doing first. That'll be the first job I'd give them. Like, hey, man, I need you to give us some ideas. You just from the league. Watch us in these uh, games against these concepts and give us ideas about what you guys did in the league, what you guys would do, what would you do in that situation Give it, give we need solutions because they never really never figured it out. They never figured it out all season long. You just mentioned Dwayne Aquina, uh, and I want to say congratulations to him. Uh, according to Football Scoop, Dwayne Aquina is now the defensive coordinator at the University of Arizona. He got the, uh, yeah, the defensive coordinator job. You want to know why he didn't stay and take the uh, analyst role at Texas? He got a defensive coordinator job at the University of Arizona. That's big yeah, time. Uh, Rod, your former, uh, your former coach. Hey, you know you're happy for him. I mean, look, we, we were sad that but when you get a job that pays you three, four, five hundred grand more uh, to, to go be a, a defensive coordinator somewhere or go back and be an on the field coach, you got to be happy for a guy like that. Because, Rod, I know you talk so highly about him and he's done so much for you. Yeah. Right. And it, that, you know, it shows you he's a, he's a scheme savvy guy too, right? He's a scheme savvy guy. They, and, and to be to be a guy that goes from analyst to defensive coordinator uh, just shows you the respect that he has in the coaching circles. Uh, so it was all about his decision, right? Whether he wanted a reduced role, did he want to be, you know, and and, and obviously he does not want a reduced role, right? Coach Aquino's all in. That does not surprise me. That's that's his spirit. Um, and he talked about how he gave him his word. And Coach Aquino's a he's a man of his word, um, and he's a great man. He's a, he's a he's a He's a better person than he is a coach, and he's, in my opinion, a Hall of Fame coach. If you could get him as a position coach or coordinating Hall of Fame, he'd be that kind of guy. So I'm happy for him. Not surprised that they got – like I said, I, I thought he would be uh, pulled up for some other job. Somebody else would call him up. He's got such a great name. At one point, he was considered the best DB coach in all of college football, and that wasn't too long ago. So, yeah, I'm not surprised, and I'm happy for him. Uh, it just shows you why he wasn't going to be an analyst at Texas, though. <laughs> you wanted it to be true. We all wanted it to be true. Not just you, Rod, but I think Longhorn Nation that remembers him as the architect somewhat of DBU, right? Uh, back in the aughts, uh, so to speak. All right, hey, a couple of other questions I want to get to here. Ekin, uh, Bobby, the size of the 2025 recruiting class. As of right now, I think it's too early to say that for sure. I don't think they're trying to, uh, you know, oversign or anything like that. What I will say is my my take on this, E. Kim, um, this early in the process, you start at the number 20 and then you either go down or go up based on attrition. That's basically the number you start out. Not 25, but 20. Because right now you're going to, unless you lose 20 guys, you, you, you may not be able to do that with attrition plus the portal guys you're bringing in right now. So I would start at 20 and then count up and count down from there. Uh, so there's no hard and fast number right now, uh, in my opinion. All right, um, guys, a couple other questions I guess uh, we have to ask here. CJ, this must be somebody you know. CJ was a beast at catcher in high school. <laughs> Did you ever catch anybody that threw 93 like Lance Jackson, though? Yeah, actually, nice. I did. I would, I would go down to Florida for those perfect game tournaments. I was catching 93. I mean, not often. It wasn't very hard. <laughs> uh, I also, for the record, did not text anybody to submit that, but I'm very thankful for it. Just letting you all know. I didn't have anything to do with this one. Nice. How are your uh, knees? Are your knees in good shape as a catcher? Hey, man, I got terrible ankles. I don't know why I picked catching, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Nice. I can't get back into a squad all too much too, uh, now, but. Fun at the time. <laughs> you, you, you're yeah. going to have arthritic knees when you're 50, buddy. I talked oh, to someone that, was, that had to have uh, uh, had to have Tommy. surgery on his knees because he had arthritic knees, but he has young kids. That's got to be tough. Oh yeah. yeah I, I want to stick with you, CJ. Uh, we've had a couple hundred people join us since the start of this. Can you recap 
the big news of the day with the commitment from Lance Jackson, as well as last night with Racing Guillory and the junior day that Texas had, as well as well as what the latest is on the board. Yeah, absolutely. 100 prospects made their way to Texas, you know, fighting the cold, fighting the wind, whatever it was. They wanted to see the University of Texas following their big run to the national uh, uh, college football playoff as well. So uh, this past season, a lot going on. Two commitments, one in the 2026 class, getting things started there with racing. Guillory out of Alito, talented running back, a lot of speed, a lot of acceleration and burst. Big play guy waiting to happen. Uh, think Jaden Blue, but a little bit more, um, uh, I, I guess, thinner built very well as well Jaden blues type speed however uh and then in the 2025 class we actually just talked to him lance jackson the defensive end out of pleasant grove joined the class as well texas views him as a buck edge and so that's exactly what texas saw as well uh this past season with Zena umiozulu as well as uh i believe trey moore is in that fold as well so uh, a lot going on defensive uh, line class is starting to, to, to take some shape uh, the big name to me that made, made it to campus was Dorian Brew, the five-star cornerback out of Conroe. Uh, he attended Texas uh, this past uh, Saturday, as well as Sarkeesian getting uh, onto campus at high school on Friday. So uh, there was a loose uh, commitment date set for January 24th for Brew. I do not believe that we'll see that commitment fall through uh, on that date. So Texas is doing a good job making a, a push here, getting things involved, and obviously making uh, things a little bit more difficult for Brew to make a decision. Uh, the other guy uh, I really wanted to focus on was uh, Elijah Bo Barnes as well. Texas hosted a, a pretty talented group of linebackers. Jonah Williams did not make it in, but Texas did host Elijah Bo Barnes and Riley Pettijohn, both of whom uh, looked very impressive in their you know, just the shorts, shirt, sweats, whatever it was. They walked out of the car, walked off the bus, and it was immediately like, whoa, these guys look like they can play some football. And the tape certainly backs it up. So two really impressive prospects. They are certainly uh, high on the board for the Texas Longhorns as well, and Johnny Nansen getting to meet both of them uh, and continue their relationship with the rest of the Texas staff. Uh, but also in the portal, as you mentioned, Texas has uh, – let's see if I can pronounce it – Tioa Leah. Sevilla on campus this weekend uh, from Arizona, the portal defensive lineman. He is on campus, tweeted out some photos this afternoon, has not committed. We confirmed that via DMs earlier this afternoon as well. And Texas is still pursuing Jabbar Muhammad, who we expect will make a decision uh, later in the week. I do not expect a decision to come early this week. He still has time to go out and visit Oregon after being in Alabama this past weekend and visiting Texas uh, earlier uh, in the midweek as well. So a lot going on. Texas Looking to add to their defense, as we've seen, uh, seven guys in the portal already this year uh, added to the Texas roster, looking to get up to eight, potentially even nine as well. All right. Thanks, CJ, for that update. Uh, I want to do uh, say thank you to our sponsor one last time. we got a time for more questions after this. But first, I want to say thanks uh, to TexasElectricityRatings.com. For anyone shopping for electricity in the deregulated areas of Texas, TexasElectricityRatings.com is the best place to find a great electricity plan for your household. For starters, it filters out the dangerous and gimmicky plans from providers that are all hat and no cattle when it comes to your monthly bill. You can shop by rate, but also by an average bill feature that actually takes into account seasonal usage to give you a real number and not some placeholder. So if you're looking for a new electricity plan this winter, check out texaselectricityratings.com slash OTF for the best options available. Hook them. Uh, thank you to TexasElectricityRatings.com. All right, let's go back to the chats. Uh, it's, uh, to have, got, have a couple of more uh, items we want to get to tonight uh, before we uh, call, it a, call it a night and get ready for the week. I hope everybody's enjoying themselves. Uh, first of all, uh, Casey says, shoot, 35,000 subs. Yes, we just hit the 35,000 uh, uh, sub um, uh, number. Excuse me. Mark, I was going to say, thank you, uh, thank you so much for everybody being here along the way. Um, T. Mataya had this, though. Uh, while Harbaugh is on the NFL interview circuit, is anyone working the portal and recruiting for them during the busy time? Yes, he's got tons of assistance, including Connor Stallions, who's now available on Cameo, I am told. Uh, if you want to get a get a, uh, a Cameo from Connor Stallions, you just have to pay, what, $75, CJ? Uh, if yeah. not, then assume Harbaugh and the staff has already gone. 
So I don't know that that's true, Matai. I don't, I don't think people are assuming he's gone. Uh, he also got offered another extension that uh, make, would make him one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid uh, college coach in the country. Uh, Michigan doing their darndest to try to keep him. Uh, and you know what? I mean, Jim Harbaugh, by the way, for, for, pro, for pro franchises, may have to be an acquired taste. I mean, he may not be right the right yeah. fit for everybody. Uh, I would I would just say that. Um, uh, other thing I want to mention uh, as as it relates, I, I talked about this earlier and said that Texas uh, that we couldn't really pontificate pontificate about um, Michigan players that might go in the portal if Har- Harbaugh left. That doesn't mean the University of Texas staff doesn't do that. Just because just because we don't do it because there's so many different moving parts. Doesn't mean Texas won't. Uh, so you know that there are there are staff and there are people out there that work at the University of Texas. That that's their, kind of their job. So if someone goes to the portal, they're ready to pounce, right? I mean, we've seen that a couple different times in this uh, uh, transfer portal cycle as it is right now. Uh, Kelly Hyden, this one I'm going to leave to you, Rod. Interested to know how you think Quinn rates versus the SE teams QBs that we will face in 2024. I saw something today Rod, that basically had Quinn, the best quarterback to make a decision to return uh, by one publication. And in that, that very, I, within an hour, another publication came out and said, no, that was Harrison Beck, the Georgia quarterback. I think, is it fair to say that those two are probably the best quarterbacks coming back in, in the uh, SEC next year? Uh, yeah, um, I think that is fair. I was going to say Beck would probably be the one that they would, they would also say was in that category. Um, as the best quarterbacks returning in the SEC. So I think there's some sleepers out there that we're not thinking about. The transfer portal always is kind of wacky. So you got to <laughs> remember about transfer. Portal. But I think if you're talking about the best returning quarterbacks with their teams, you're looking at Beck and Quinn Ewers in the SEC and they'll face off in, in 2024, which got is really it. cool. Got it. Hey, yeah. CJ, this one's going to be for you, buddy. Uh, did Nasir Wyatt, the linebacker uh, from modern day, Brandon Brown, the defensive lineman from O'Galley, Florida, make it to campus? Also, what was the buzz of Jordan Davison, the running back out of modern day? Also, Nick, Nick's teammate, I, a Botang, a linebacker, linebacker, is Texas going to pursue him? A lot of questions there, but just take it one by one. Yeah, be sure to leave that chat up there so I can I, I make sure I don't skip anything. So uh, Nasir Wyatt did not make it to campus, and I do not believe Brandon Brown did either. I did not see him. I did not confirm that he did make it to campus as well. He's someone that Texas obviously would have preferred to get him on campus. Uh, his commitment right now is still still there, uh, but it's going to be a long fight for the Longhorns to keep uh, hold of it. Obviously, no more Bo Davis on on roster on staff is going to be something that plays a factor with Brandon Brown as well. Uh, Jordan Davison, however, did make it to campus, and he got in around 5 uh, five p.m. on Friday, so he got to hang out in the city a little bit uh, Friday night and then go into his visit on Saturday, uh, spend some time, so uh, one-on-one time with uh, Steve Sarkeesian as well in his office. Uh, it, it's clear Texas is prioritizing Jordan Davison. Uh, he's a guy that Texas feels very good about as well behind the scenes. Uh, a lot of ties and connections there, and it would cer- certainly strengthen that modern-day pipeline that we have talked about so often. Uh, a trio of prospects made it in for modern day this past weekend as well. Uh, Gavin Nix was the surprise uh, visitor that we mentioned from IMG Academy, 2025 linebacker. Uh, Boateng is someone that Texas is aware of. Uh, I do not think that they're going to heavily pursue all too much right now as a result of the loaded linebackers that we have mentioned earlier this uh, this, this stream with Elijah Bo Barnes and Riley Pettijon. Got it. All right. A uh, couple other thoughts and questions here, and I thought this was a, this is a good one uh, to kind of end it on. Uh, from Rillo Hookham, ready to see replays of Rod Wright cruising down the field against OU after he bomarded Rhett Bomar, or actually after Brian Robeson bomarded Rhett Bomar. Uh, what do y'all think about that uh, to, to kind of sign up when you know when the media market, all the TV stations are going to be showing video of that play uh, when Rod Wright, or if Rod Wright, he named uh, the head, uh, the deepest line coach at the University of Texas. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this evening. Uh, We've got more time tomorrow uh, morning. We're going to be back with 
uh, coffee and football. We got a special guest lined up for that. Uh, we got other things going on as well. Uh, CJ had to cut out a little earlier uh, for Rod Babers, uh, CJ Vogel. We also want to say thank you, uh, by the way, to Lance Jackson, uh, the latest defensive line commit for the University of Texas. He committed to the Longhorns today for joining the show uh, for a little bit. And uh, for CJ, Rod Babers, uh, and myself, Bobby Burton, <laughs> you guys have a good one. Thanks to Texas Electricity Ratings. We'll see you all this week. Have a good week, guys. Welcome. <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.